When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hey, Art. Hey. Nice to hear from you. How's every little thing? Well, Andy, I wrote you a copious amount of letters. My dearest Andy. That's how they all started. My dearest Mm -hmm, Andy. Life is tough out here in the great... Frontier. We battle the lake monsters day and night. Did you get those letters? I sent them on the Pony Express. Yeah, I got them. Um, I, fr- frankly, they didn't mean a lot to me. Oh. I mean, you know, you were expressing a lot of tender love and affection. Yeah. I had a real raging red boner of courage. <laughs> raging. Yeah. That was a that was a good book. Um Yeah, I wrote a whole book. Yeah. Uh and frankly I didn't read it. Um It was a I kind sh- of a short read. I mean it was I could have read it, but I chose like, not to. Yeah. Oh. Purposefully. Okay. It was off putting. No, I was actually on pudding when I wrote it. I was high on pudding. <laughs> you were you were OD'd on pudding. Butterscotch, the greatest pudding flavor of all time. No question, butterscotch is the greatest pudding flavor ever created. Butterscotch? Yes, Andy. Butterscotch? Yes, butterscotch is fucking delicious. Oh, wow. Well, Andy, I mean, there's a lot of things people can like or dislike, but... Hopefully, today's topic won't be one of them. Because <laughs> this just this week, we're talking about the Bear Lake Monster. <laughs> the Bear Lake Monster. <laughs> the Bear Lake Monster. Is uh, this is a uh, this is a, a a local legend. This is a creature of great renown in the Utah Bear Lake 
and and surrounding like Idaho, Wyoming area. Uh-huh. I think I think Wyoming's around Utah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't they, know. They, they border each other. Sure. I don't know the geography of the United States. Okay, I don't <laughs> yeah. know it. I'm just gonna admit it. Butterscotch is great. I don't know the geography of the United States. Well, it doesn't Those matter if you know things. where Wyoming is. It's not real. <laughs> That's true. We learned that last week. But this week, um, we are covering the Bear Lake Monster. This is a uh, yes. This is a very well known. This is local legend, little local cryptid. It's B E A R, not B A R E. This isn't the Naked Lake Monster. No, no, no. That's a totally different. You can get that on the Patreon, maybe. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Or on our OnlyFans, but not here, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the Bear Lake bathwater. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy, this episode Podcaster came boy bathwater. <laughs> it's very dirty. It's, it's rust it's, colored. It's disgusting. I mean, yeah, and it came from a clean tap. Yeah, I mean, we, there's some weird kind of medical. We're we're medical marvels in a way that uh, doctors don't know what's wrong. I got with a us. lot of open sores. Uh, Andy, this episode came recommended to us from our good friend and a loyal bunk funker. Yes. Heba. 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 Um, um, yeah, oh, go ahead, Art. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say Heba uh, is um, a longtime, uh, maybe even an OG bunk funker. Uh, Possibly. Heba's the real deal. Uh, Heba sends us a lot of uh, off the hook uh, feedback. Uh, we chat with Heba. Um, Heba's great. That's right. And we think this, uh, this week's episode will be great. So, uh, you know, if you want to get right to it, you can look in your show notes of whatever podcasting app you use and in the description, in the show notes, whatever you want to call it, there will be a timestamp. It'll say research begins at blank. And if you follow that timestamp, you scrub ahead. You can get right to when the story starts because first, Andy and I need to talk about something else that Heba told us. Yeah. I mean, this is huge. This is this is kind of a big deal here. It really I put mean, us in a past, pickle. And, and you know what? I don't like to be in a pickle jar. We it's suffocating. We do not relish being in a pickle jar. <laughs> I like all the things in the pickle jar. I don't want to be one of them. Toss us into the briny deep before you stick us in a pickle jar. I'm not brine with it. No. (laughs) Um, For the past two weeks, Andy, we have, listeners have sent in bunker sightings to us, right? Yeah. Bunker bunker in the wild. It's given us a little bit of pause. (laughs) It's made us concerned. These are are our very own Ace Ventura bunker detectives. (laughs) And they are certified. They have come out of many a rhinoceros's ass. Um, we make sure that it's a certification. That's you have to part get. of the process. Um, Send us proof of you emerging from a rhino ass, and there's a good chance that you could, you too, could join the ranks of the Ace Ventura bunker detectives. Yeah, there's no pay, but we might retweet the video. It's prestigious, though. Think about it. Mm. <laughs> um. It's it's made us very concerned, Andy, because uh, Bunker is a nefarious man who, in the past, before COVID, before quarantine, would abduct us from our homes. He would abduct us, bring us to a bunker, a secret underground bunker that we did not know existed. We don't know where it is, and we keep forgetting to 
track its location, and he would force us to podcast. That's how the show used to run. Yeah. That's but ever since quarantine, lockdown, whatever you want to call it, we've had to do it from our homes. No bunker, but bunker has been traveling the world, sending us postcards of his travels. Nobody puts Mister Bunker in a pickle jar. Nobody puts Bunky in the bunk corner. <laughs> Bunky in the bunker corner. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, the bunker sightings have come in from listeners, and it hasn't stopped. And this week is no different. Yeah, this week is, uh, you know. It's kind of, I, I don't know, it's, it's maybe an alarming trend is the right way to put it, that, you know, Mr. Bunker is uh, appearing before so many bunk bunkers uh, lately. Um, yeah, as you said, I fear for their safety, but... Well, I fear, yeah, I mean... But it's great to get these stories. It validates oh, us, right? Yeah, we're starting I mean, to think what's we more important crazy. than... What's more important than content? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This week is no different. Heba sent us in a story of her own that she uh, encountered along with this episode topic. So Heba says, um, you know, while, uh, the, you know, Heba says while she was listening to the show, enjoying it, hoots and hollers all through our shows. Thank you for hooting and thank, thank you for, for hollering. Hooting and hollering, yeah. But while I was doing so, I swear I saw Mr. Bunker at the Salt Lake City Veterans Hospital drawing blood at the lab there. Not sure why he's drawing blood or if that blood is actually making it to the lab dot dot dot. But I sort of feel he's using it for satanic purposes. Either that or he's taking that blood back to his hotel, filling the tub with it and having a long, relaxing soak. Anyways, he drew my blood and he was better at it than the usual texts that haunt that lab. Please tell him thanks for not leaving me bruised and bloody bloodied like the others usually do. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mr. Bunker is a phlebotomist confirmed. <laughs> I didn't know that about him. <laughs> he's a phlebotomist he might be a fucking vampire I mean what is he doing with this blood um you know where does he t- he's taking this blood he's storing this blood he's using this blood for some kind of purpose he's now attacked I mean he's not attacked but he has helped one of our uh, <laughs> says the most listeners draw blood and most helpfully blood. intrusive thing you could do <laughs> I mean this is uh he but he 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 supposedly was was there for a legitimate reason, and so Mister Bunker was was doing. But I mean, who knows what happened to the blood? Whatever whatever Heba's intent with the blood was, it may not have happened. For all we know, Mister Bunker's just volunteering at the Veterans Hospital in Salt Lake City. Wow. Uh, I don't. I don't have that kind of optimism. I, I think that last last week we uncovered, we had uncovered footage from Cody who explained that Mister Bunker um, fought and killed Sasquatch <laughs> with a katana. Yeah. Now he has vials of blood. I I can only assume that he is doing something together, trying to make some sort of, you know, the mountain zombified the mountain from Game of Thrones style Sasquatch bodyguard. Monster. He's got some sort of Franken-Squatch that he's working on. Franken-Squatch. 
with powered by Heba's blood. Powered by blood. You I mean, know, I actually that if I had to rate that, highly plausible. Yeah, I'm giving that a plausible plus plus for sure. Because we know he murdered the Sasquatch. Yeah. And we know he's he's in possession of Heba's blood. Uh it only well, lots of blood. He's been drawing lots well, of blood. True. Not just Heba's blood. There's lots of blood. Lots and lots of blood. And it only stands to reason that he's either um gonna create gonna raise uh some sort of blood golem or that he is uh for sure reanimating the squatch. And maybe it's both. It might be both. It could be both bunk funkers. And um I mean bunk funkers, please, if you have any Mr. Bunker sightings, know anything of his whereabouts, you gotta let us know because we need to keep track of this. Yeah, if you see him with a Sasquatch in full plate armor carrying a sword, please <laughs> let us know. If Yeah, and if that Sasquatch has zero character development and the payoff that we were waiting for like eight seasons wasn't that great, also be very concerned. If you see Mr. Bunker and the Squatch and they are both uh, being crushed by a building... If 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 just David Benioff and DB Weiss are anywhere in the vicinity, either please turn and run and let us know. Send us an email. <laughs> you do the right thing. Notify us <laughs> and the authorities as soon as possible, so that they can be brought to justice. Yes, we need to make sure that those guys are nowhere near a pen, a pencil, or any kind of writing utensil, <laughs> or a computer for the future, uh, yeah. a mobile device, mm-hmm. a typewriter. Letter magnets yeah. on the side of a refrigerator. <laughs> Hell, I'll even take fucking dried macaroni and glue. Yeah, <laughs> they can't be trusted with any of it. Um, Bunk Bunkers, you got to email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter um, at mrbunkerpod and let us know as quickly as possible if you see Mr. Bunker doing anything or hear of anything at all. Thank you. Uh, help us. And PSA. Help us take a bite out of Bunker. Ruff. I'm going to take a bite out of Bunker. <laughs> there he is. Art Gruff the crime dog. Art Gruff. Art Gruff the bunk dog. What's bunk dog? <laughs> Gee, I don't know this guy. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Fucking got him, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, Andy, I mean, we shouldn't teeter or totter or diddle or doddle any longer. <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of old-timey prospector words because... Uh, Let us proceed bunkers. forthwith. Post-haste. Yeah. Uh, forth-haste because uh, today, uh, the bulk of today's topic takes place in the late 1800s. Yeah. Um, and it's worth like most of my childhood memories. Names. <laughs> That's right, Andy. You were kind of born around that time, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, eighteen eighty-one. Wow. So you you must have known what it was like to really experience Bear Lake when it was still uh, before it became kind of a touristy destination, huh? Yeah. Of course, me, a famous Utahn. Uh, yep. Grew up there. You were good friends with Brigham Young and the other Mormon settlers, right? Yeah. Um, I was married to a lot of them. Um. <laughs> Including Brigham Young. 
That's uh, right. I was the first man of Utah, briefly. Um, briefly, he divorced you. Right, right. I mean, the dude was married to almost 50 different women, but he divorced you. Yeah, and it's fair. Um, I deserved it. I didn't do really, I didn't contribute at all anything. Um, <laughs> so there was that. Um, yeah. I also am obnoxious. I smell... Mm. I smelled mm-hmm. a lot worse in the 1880s. Yeah, I didn't take a bath. Ever. Well, baths hadn't been invented yet. Yeah, the bath. <laughs> Cleaning oneself had yet to be invented. Uh, ben Franklin, I believe, invented it in 1941, and that's yep. when people started cleaning <laughs> themselves. Um, look, I've been through a lot, and I've seen a lot of things. Do you remember the telephone? <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I remember telephones. I had one of those. So... I'm old, okay? <laughs> you ever read magazines? <laughs> I, I remember reading about magazines on an internet article. Well, yeah. I was in a magazine. <laughs> Built a Ford out of them. You were in the first, the magazine. The, magazine. Yeah. It was just called magazine. There was no competition. You didn't have to differentiate. Right. I've been in brochures, pamphlets, booklets, guidebooks, atlases, novels, novellas, uh, reference books. Yeah, you were in uh, Poor Richard's Almanac, right? Right. What is it? Yeah, Poor Richard's Almanac. Richard's Poor poor Richard. Yeah. Richard. Richard. Richard's Poor Almanac is... And you uh, knew Richard. You knew Richard pretty well, right? You were friends with him? Yeah, yeah. I knew both him and Big Ben Franklin. That's what we used to call him was Big Ben Franklin (laughs) after the clock. That's right. And after the football player. And he used to (laughs) sling that pigskin. Yeah, he used to love it. Um, Friend Franklin was really one of the greats um, in the AFL. Um. (laughs) Uh, you know, one time, uh, we were, uh, we were in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, T model, model T Ford. Oh, right, right. Franklin. And, Mm -hmm. uh, he crashed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Ran over Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth got up. I'm surprised the Model T survived. Yeah, Babe Ruth got up, hit the Model oh. T with a baseball with bat. His, with a baseball the bat. The whole yeah. car launched into space. We orbited the Earth for a week. <laughs> One week. One Incredible, week. you can hold your breath that long. Oh, no, you don't hold your breath in space. Oh. You can breathe out there. All right, all right. There's oxygen in space. Yeah, it's a myth about it not being oxygen. I don't know where that started. But you can breathe. <laughs> you orbited the Earth for a week with Ben Franklin in your Model T. <laughs> we landed down back in Manhattan, and uh-huh. Ben was pissed. Oh, I can imagine. He hated being in Manhattan. Yeah, he threw he threw a football all the way oh. across the East River, and it destroyed forty oh percent of Queens. <laughs> Forty percent of the queen's what? Wealth. It went all the way across the oh, Atlantic. Her, her, hit the wow. crown jewels, and then oh, hit Prince, Prince Charles right in the crown jewels. You know what I mean? Right. Doink, exactly, yeah, man yeah. getting hit in 
groin by football. Ooh. <laughs> ah, my groin. And then, you know, you know, there's some surly uh, cockney chap next to him. Be like, oh, that's good. <laughs> I just got that's your meat into veg there, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Man, I forgot that happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. I've had quite a life. Um, <laughs> a, a life and a wife well lived. Yeah. Um, then there the was Andy, that time they the shot Andy that story. laser at the sun. And the sun shrunk to the size of a pinhead. But it grew back. <laughs> the sun grew back. It's a sunflower. I mean, where do you think we get the name sunflower from? That's what the sun Those is. Those are small suns. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we uncovered a lot of lore about you right here, Andy. But I think it's time that we maybe uncover some more lore about the bear like monster. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I've met that monster personally. That's right. Yeah. I rode on its back in a story that seemed like it would never end. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The original Falcor was the uh, Bear Lake monster, <laughs> and um, you are our Treyu, I think was the character's name. I don't remember. But anyway, Andy, we really we got to get to the Bear Lake monster here. We got to dish out this whole enchilada. Oh, it's steaming. With, it's hot. With a side of raspberry shakes. A local and fry sauce. There. And fry sauce. Um, this week, right here, right now, on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Bunkers, this week we're diving headfirst into a local cryptid legend. The Bear Lake Monster, uh, or the Bear Lake Monster, uh, but we'll refer to it usually as the Bear Lake Monster, uh, is a piece of Utah folklore that's over a century old. Now, this story is worth it for the old-timey prospector names alone. I mean, even if you aren't into monsters. The Bear Lake Monster is allegedly a massive sea serpent that lives deep. In Bear Lake in Utah. Uh, the dreaded monster first started as a Native American legend, but then began to terrorize the Mormon settlers in the region in the late 1800s. But perhaps even more fearsome than this monster's size and speed is its reputation. The Bear Lake monster has become an icon in the region, and some say it still lingers out in the depths to this very day. You longtime bunk funkers know and love our characters who make frequent appearances, such as the History Hog, the Conspiracy Cock, and the Modernity Mandrel. But let's all give a warm welcome to the Geography Gopher, who's going to burrow his way deep into your mind tummies to tell you about Bear Lake in Utah. Bear Lake is a freshwater lake about 18 miles long and 7 miles wide with an average depth of 95 feet and a maximum depth of 208 feet. So it definitely has the size to harbor a pesky sea monster. Bear Lake is also known for its beautiful turquoise water and the plethora of wildlife that inhabit the area. There are many differing descriptions of what Bear Lake monster looks like. Early descriptions stick with the sea serpent look, but some have this creature with the ability to walk up on land with its short, muscular legs, much like me. Personally, I would have given the Bear Lake Monsta a sick katana 
and a can-do attitude. But hey, that's just me. Now, the first bear leg monster sighting uh, came from an article written by Joseph C. Rich in the Desert Evening News, which is a newspaper, not a TV channel. Uh, but maybe this will clear things up in 1868. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on July 27th, 1868, the article mentioned an ancient Native American legend that told of a monster that lived in the lake and annually came out to carry at least a dozen fair maidens or brave warriors back to a watery grave. The monster hadn't been seen since, quote, before the time the buffalo left, but the recent Mormon settlers uh, near Bear Lake, which, you know, were only like five years old at that time, had led folks to seeing strange activity near the lake. One of the first prominent sightings was from a man named Mr. S.M. Johnson. Now, you may have heard of his brother, B.D. S.M. Johnson, but uh, S.M. Johnson lived on the east side of the lake. He was, uh, he, you know, he was going along the lake shore when uh, he thought he saw a drowned body, which, you know, he approached and believing that the waves, you know, would soon wash it on shore. But instead, he was greeted with none other than the bare-legged monster. And he said it had short, sturdy legs, a serpentine-like tail, ears that looked like bunches on the side of a head, almost like a horse's, except for the extended nostrils and a forked tongue that flicked in and out as it shifted its head about. And let the historical record show that he did go... Yeah, it was in the article. <clears throat> soon after more soon after more sightings came in, stating the monster was anywhere from 90 to 40 feet tall. It was difficult to tell because it traveled at such fast speeds. According to one Mr. N.C. Davis and his brother, Alan Davis, both of whom were traveling with Thomas Slight, Jay Collings, and six women, spotted not one, not two, not three, but ten Bear Lake monsters. The first was said to be, quote, not less than 40 feet in length, end quote. But it was tough to tell because the damn thing swam so fast. It was faster than any locomotive. Choo-choo! They said it had to have been a mile a minute. The second was smaller, but still about the size of a horse. Four large ones and six small ones were also spotted that day. Throughout 18, um, pardon me. Throughout 1868, sightings poured into the news column written by Joseph C. Rich. The news became so prominent it even made its way to the Denver newspapers, and the monster had reached the status of a local boogeyman used to threaten wayward youths. Indeed, local lore had it that the monster had an appetite for bad little girls and boys. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see this monster try to take a bite out of my ass. I'm a bad boy. I'm a rude dude with an attitude. No way some monster is going to bite my ass. (laughs) Andy, the way you're saying it, it sounds like you kind of want this monster to bite your ass. Yeah, right, Art. Like, who'd want that, right? (laughs) Big, strong lake serpent from the paleolithic area taking a big old bite out of my ass with his forked tongue god oh god anyway i i think andy might be the only one who wants to bang this leg monster but i oh god but i do think that some uh people back in the 1800s believed this monster 
could have been the remnant of uh, of the great Lake Bonneville uh, after the great body of water disappeared. Now, Lake Bonneville was a massive prehistoric lake. I mean, this thing was huge in the western United States that when dried up or, you know, geographical changes occurred, it caused it to break up into many of the smaller lakes uh, still around today, such as Bear Lake. Uh, anyway, after all, Utah has a prolific fossil record that spans the entire age of dinosaurs. I mean, tons of badass dinosaur fossils have been found in Utah. We're talking Tyrannosaurus, Allosaurus, Utah Raptor. I mean, these are badass friggin' dinos. Not like lame ones like Brontosaurus and, you know. Hey, I like the Brontosaurus. It spends all day eating. I identify with that. Yeah, well, sorry, Andy. It's just not certified badass. Well, doctors recommend you eat 41 small meals a day. <laughs> and you put stones in your tummy to help digest leaves. Yeah, I eat rocks in the morning, and then I eat 41 moderate meals throughout the day. Well, you keep listening to your doctor, all right, Andy? Land dino fossils were being discovered by scientists at the time, so, you know, why couldn't there be the remains of some prehistoric sea beast? And perhaps one of these supposed remains remains alive. Anyway, the monster's lore continued to flourish well into the 1870s. In uh, in late July or early in August of 1870, Melando Pratt, who was the son of one of the Mormon church's apostles, which are kind of like, you know, high-ranking governing body members of the, the Mormon church. Well, he was returning home to Salt Lake City with news of another Bear Lake monster sighting. Now, Melando was uh, formerly a skeptic, but the experience he had in Bear Lake made him believe in the monster. A week earlier, he was traveling with Thomas Rich, who was the son of another Mormon apostle and uh, brother of Joseph C. Rich. On a Now, they were traveling on a road adjacent to the lake just south of Fish Haven. They were discussing the monster, actually. They were, uh, you know, and talking about whether they believed the stories. But then, they saw something. Some kind of commotion out on the lake. They claimed they saw, quote, the head and a portion of the body of a creature larger, round than the body, round, larger round, than the body of a man, end quote. Its head, quote, resembled somewhat the pictorial representation of the walrus, minus the tusks, end quote. And well, like Danny DeVito, they just started blasting. They grabbed their guns and they shot at it several times, but, uh, you know, they assumed they missed because it just sort of swam away. The two watched the serpentine wake left in its tracks on the surface of the water, and they guessed this creature had to be about 40 feet long. On May 18, 1874, a letter written to Utah governor and president of the Mormon church, Brigham Young, was published in the paper. And this really reactivated the whole story all over again. W.M. Budge, in the letter, reported that he and his brethren, William Broomhead and Milando Pratt, were minding their own business, returning home from a Mormon church conference in nearby Richland County when... They saw something in the water, not but 25 yards from the shore. It was, quote, 
Not more than six or eight feet long, face and head covered with fur or short hair of light spud color, widespread eyes, and a whole face resembled that of a fox with a pointed snout. Budge concluded that he was able to get a great look at what he called the Bear Lake Monster because the lake was perfectly still and visibility was good. This really lit a spark under the townsfolk and they wanted to formulate a plan to catch this damn monster. One local man even made a float out of logs and attached pieces of mutton to large hooks anchored to the log float. The story goes that a Native American uh, who lived in the area saw the floating mutton pieces and thought, that's good eating. So he took all the mutton off the hooks and replaced it with a bunch of Utah suckers. Not gullible folks from Utah, but a, a not very particularly tasty fish prevalent in the Lake Bonneville Basin. Well, the man saw his mutton had been replaced days later and was damn sure the monster had done it. But uh, some still didn't believe. And, uh, you know, Mr. Joseph Rich had a few choice words for them. Quote, here's a here's a quote from uh, something he wrote to all the skeptics out there. I am sorry they don't believe it because they might come up here someday and through their unbelief be thrown off their guard and gobbled up by the water devil. Oh, dang. (laughs) Dang is right. (laughs) There are very few people even here who disbelieve the monster doctrine. But as a general rule, they are not prospered in what they undertake and their intellects are tottering. Shit! Burn! Burn. (laughs) God damn. They are not considered competent to act as fence viewers, and no doubt the general government will, in time, withhold from them the blessing of paying internal revenue. Oh, damn! Damn! (laughs) Damn, they aren't going to have to pay taxes? They're so stupid. Damn! (laughs) It's Fucking idiots. <laughs> now, helping make things a little more convincing was the fact that, you know, like we mentioned, uh, Joseph C. Riches and Thomas Rich's daddy was a Mormon church apostle. Uh, daddy Charles Rich even wrote into the Desert Evening News, which, you know, the article that his son was contributing to with a note that read, quote, Dear Brother Cannon, I have talked with some of the parties in relation to the monster story. And it is as Joseph has stated it. I am yours truly, Charles C. Rich. Now, this might not seem like much, but this was essentially a powerful statement from a figurehead of the church stating that, indeed, the bear-leg monster was true. But none doubted Mr. Rich more than the famed writer Monsterio, who traveled to Bear Lake and stayed near the vicinity of the lake only a few days. And he states he could, quote, easily get the signatures of nearly 20 respectable people, each testifying that he never saw the monster, end quote. Monsterio says that the monster business was nothing more than a rich, quote-unquote, rich affair, and that if he ever got close enough to the monster, he'd brand it with JCR on its hip. God damn, I cannot handle all these sick burns. I'm getting second-degree burns just from being close to these. The 1870s had truly sick burns and truly sick sideburns. That's true. <laughs> but let's get back to some more bear leg monster sightings, shall we? Marion Thomas, 
and three sons of Phineas H. Cook were in a boat fishing opposite Swan Creek on the western side of the lake between Garden City and Fishhaven. All seemed normal until Thomas spotted something at the di- at a distance, which, you know, he presumed was just a duck. Quack, quack. You know, a duck. The boys all joked that, oh, maybe this was the world fame. Oh, my God. You know, we're going to see the bare leg monster. So they rode towards it. Well, perhaps these boys should have remembered the old saying. If it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, and quacks like a duck, then it probably is the bare leg monster. Turns out that this was the famed monster they so arrogantly jested about. As Thomas rowed the boat towards it, it leered up out of the water. Now, with his back turned, he 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 only saw the fright on his friends' faces, and he didn't believe in them. He thought he was he thought they were pulling a prank on him. But then he turned, and he saw it with his own eyes, and in his own words, he was so close he could have shot it with a rifle. The monster's head was shaped like a serpent, and only about twenty feet of its body was visible which was covered with hair or fur, quote, something like an otter and, and light brown, end quote. Extending from the upper portion of the body were two flippers, which he compared to the blades of the boat's oars. Marion Thomas was a classic doubting Thomas before this encounter with the monster of Bear Lake. But now, much like Smash Mouth's Grammy-worthy cover of the monkeys, he was a believer. Joseph C. Rich detailed in the Desert Evening News that that day, quote, We think that this ought to squelch all doubts that may have existed heretofore in the minds of any of our people in respect to the existence of the monsters in Bear Lake, end quote. Now, it's important to note that during this time, there was coverage of the Bear Lake monster in multiple newspapers, and they battled back and forth. Some such as the Deseret Evening News kept asserting the, asserting the legitimacy of the Bear Lake monster, while others such as the Salt Lake Tribune and the Salt Lake Herald would clap back, saying how stupid this whole thing was. Either way, the Bear Lake monster had some real steam behind it, much like the steam engine. Because, you know, 1800s. Yeah, you get it. Steam engine. More steam would be added to the Bear Lake Monster's engines when, in the late summer of 1881, the traveling party of Mormon Church President John Taylor visited the Bear Lake area. The party described seeing an object about 30 feet in length and traveling at speeds greater than a train. A steam engine! And this thing plowed through the water, leaving a distinct wake in its trail. Apart from this sighting, there was another one spotted later in the trip. Well... News spread fast, almost as fast as the Bear Lake Monster, amongst all the Mormon settlements. And after the president and church leaders returned to Salt Lake City, the church newspaper printed a synopsis of the travels, mentioning the Bear Lake Monster. This really cemented the Bear Lake Monster's legacy. For the most part, the Bear Lake Monster sightings have been relatively peaceful. You know, the thing that someone spots a thing and then it usually swims off without any issues. Well, except for the one where the two guys shot at it. But, you know, uh, <laughs> it still swam off without any issues, right? It didn't do anything. But it didn't do anything. But this wasn't the case in the early autumn of 1907. The turn of the century, Andy. Right. 
when two men, T.R. Mooney and Fred Horn, would have a bit of a battle with the Bear Lake Monster. The two men were camping by the eastern shore of the lake. At sundown, they set up camp, tied up their horses, fed them, and began to make supper for themselves. When one of the men saw something about a half, of, half a mile out, sitting on the calm lake, he kept diving under the water and then coming back up over and over and over. The two took this as a threat, and this was probably, you know, some water monster, so they grabbed their rifles and... Bunk Funkers, feel free to imagine your favorite gun from Red Dead Redemption 2. And just, you know, shot at it repeatedly. With their repeaters, perhaps. Unfortunately, uh, neither of them had the Deadeye ability from Red Dead, so they couldn't really tell if they killed it or not. But that's when things got real ugly. The monster turned and started to head straight towards them, rushing through the water at incredible speeds. A few of the horses became so frightened that they broke loose and ran away. The two men retreated deep into the forest, continuing to fire back at the monster, which was now in hot pursuit. It growled devilishly at them and rampaged after them like a mad elephant. They retreated to the rocky hillside and kept firing at the beast, but every time they shot at it, it only seemed to make make the Bear Lake monster even more angry. The men doubled back to the campsite thinking it better to make their last stand there, protecting the one horse that didn't break free and flee. But right as they returned, the bear-legged monster followed. And in the light of the blazing campfire, they saw the monster lift, quote, his paw and strike the horse to the ground, end quote. The monster then turned away and headed back towards the water, with the men still shooting at it. But with a loud growl and a terrible swish, the monster turned back, around and headed back for the camp. The monster then grasped the horse with its two front paws, opened its monstrous mouth and crashed its teeth into it like a bull terrier would a mouse before finally retreating back into the lake. The men later described the monster as, quote, it seemed to be all head, two large staring eyes as large as front wagon wheels, nose and mouth with like a like a like a great large fish its its arms seemed to come out on either side of its head where the ears naturally would be the hind legs were long and bent like that of a kangaroo and the hind end was like the tip end of a monster fish this report from Mooney and Horn developed quite a following some local newspapers even reached out to other residents for comment on the story such as longtime resident and large landowner Aquila Nebaker. Am I saying that right? I have. You're asking the wrong prospector, cowpoke. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go with it. Nebaker not only confirmed the Mooney and Horn report, but gave his own Bear Lake monster encounter story and returned in return. And it's pretty wild. Nebaker said that the same night the monster killed the Mooney and Horn horse, it came to his ranch and started causing trouble. It overturned his pig pen and devoured eight pigs whole, and while returning to the lake, it ate a small stack of hay and hurt two of his best cows. Well, the monster wasn't done with that. It returned between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. for a midnight snack. It awakened his entire house with its glowing eyes, and it was, quote, Easily 50 feet long, 15 high, and covered with scales like armor plate, 
end quote, with, quote, countless arms and legs, end quote. As it came closer to the house, its eyes took on a greenish hue, and its face showed a, quote, ghastly ghoulish appearance, end quote, while its tail switched back and forth so fast, it caused the air to move close to a cyclone. In its hungered rage, the monster tore down and ate dozens of bales of barbed wire as, quote, though they were delicate morsels, end quote. Nembaker claims he was calm, cool, and collected during this and tried to think of a way to get the monster to leave. Not like his stupid family, though. They were all freaking out and screaming like a bunch of babies. But that's when Nebuchadnezzar thought of a plan to save the day. He says, quote, I noticed my large graphophone. Uh, graphophone is an improved version of the phonograph standing on the table ready for use. An inspiration struck me. I called to mind the value of music in taming the snakes and wild animals of the forest. And I decided to try it. Hastily winding up the machine, I opened wide the front door, squarely in the face of the approaching monster, and turned loose my music. As it happened, the record on the machine was that incomparable tune, Home Sweet Home, and as its strains floated out on the midnight air, I noticed that the monster halted, then stopped. His head being low, a reminiscent smile played o'er his features, and as the chorus was reached, we were surprised to see the monster's tail switch round toward his neck. And as we watched, we noted a stringed instrument, something like a lyre, at the end of the animal's tail. And as Home Sweet Home continued, that monster didn't do a thing but utilize his several hands or feet in playing an accompaniment to that grand old tune. Ah, but it was a sweet, and as the band played on, we really fell in love with the Bear Lake Monster. As I moved to his side, the monster seemed to welcome me as a friend of other days, and before Home Sweet Home was ended, the animal's head rested on my shoulder, and we were mingling out tears together. End quote. Aw. How sweet. I'm not the only one that wants to bang the monster. But there's more. Nebuchadnezzar continues. Quote, all was going splendidly, and I had definitely decided to adopt the animal and make him a member of my family. But just here, sorrow, deep and tearful sorrow, shook the frame of my newly made friend, and he began to weep. Great streams of tears poured from his eyes, and finally they flowed so copiously that the monster floated away in them. Thoughts of his subterraneous home were too much for him. And though he seemed to he seemed loath to go, he waved a sad farewell and disappeared from sight. End quote. Art, this story might make me cry. Oh, Andy, please don't cry because you're not a very pretty crier. You're not even a very good John crier. <laughs> but hey, don't worry, Andy. There's a happy ending. As the monster exited. It left its lyre right there on the farm for Nebuchadnezzar to always remember it by. Mm, beautiful. All right. <laughs> so maybe Akia Nebuchadnezzar was uh, pulling the newspaper's leg a little bit here, right? I don't know. But would someone really do that? 
Would someone just go to the local news and lie like that? I mean, what would someone have to gain from lying to the media? Well, frankly, a lot. <laughs> Let's be honest here, bugfuckers. The originator of the Bear Lake Monster story, Joseph C. Rich, later admitted that he made the entire thing up. But why? Well, some say it was to impress his beloved Anne Eliza Hunter with a wild story and to, you know, make the wilderness, the boring wilderness of Bear Lake, as exciting as living in the city. That's how I wooed my wife, Art. I told her, I got no money, no skills, a bad public reputation, but I believe there's monsters under my bed. <laughs> well, uh, unlucky for her, but lucky for you, that worked. It did the trick. There you go. I can. Hey, any any bunkfunkers out there on Tinder, that's all you need to do. I give her something that nobody else can give her. Complete and utter dependence. <laughs> Truly, you are a provider. Now, some say Rich lost his father's prized horse. Something else you probably know a thing or two about, Andy. And <laughs> I've lost needed a few to horses. Come up... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he needed to come up with a quick story to cover his fuck up. So much like, you know, the classic dog ate my homework, he went with the lake monster ate my horse. Another classic. Another classic. And finally, some say the dude was just bored and wanted to see how gullible people really were. Now, as we've uh, mentioned before, Joseph C. Rich was the son of Apostle Charles C. Rich, who began the Mormon settlements in the Bear Lake Valley in 1863. Both Rich County and St. Charles, Idaho, were named by Brigham Young for Elder Charles C. Rich, who was esteemed and venerable in the area. In fact, old Charles knew his son was making it all up, but he had a sense of humor and knew it was all in good fun, so that's why he wrote into the newspaper and gave his word that the Bear Lake monster was legit. Joe Rich was a prominent figure in the Bear, in the Bear Lake area. At only 27, he was already a budding lawyer, clerking for the Utah legislature, a surveyor, a successful businessman, church leader, and a writer, a top correspondent for the Evening Deseret News. <laughs> Whatever. I don't get why we're talking about this guy because, I mean, I did a lot of things at 27, too. So mm, Knowing all the names of the My Little Ponies doesn't count, Art. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, ask my friends on the internet. Okay. we'll Yeah, we'll ask them. I have multiple girlfriends on RuneScape. <laughs> I'm sure that you do. <laughs> they all live in Michigan, and you <laughs> swear you're going to visit them someday. Yeah, they have ASLs. Yeah. So, yeah. They're all 26. They all know American female, Sign Language. I get it. Super hottie from Cal. Yeah, they all know American Sign Language. It's fine. So, it's yeah, I mean, skill. at 27, I was pretty fucking successful, too. So, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it was in his column for the successful publication that Joseph Rich first laid the seeds for the Bear Lake Monster. On July 27, 1868, he began to write about a mystery that lived in Bear Lake and that, quote-unquote, something strange was going on there. He mentioned how ancient Native American legends told of a monster that lived in the lake and annually came out to carry at least a dozen fair maidens or brave warriors back into a watery grave. The monster hadn't been seen since the time before the buffalo left, but the recent settlements near Bear Lake, which were only five years old at the time, 
had led folks to seeing strange activity near the lake. Even the characters who would write into the publication, such as Monsterio, were in fact rich himself. He even wrote as Monsterio, quote, That monster business is, in my opinion, decidedly a rich affair, end quote. That cheeky mofo! Rich affair? Art? You get it? Huh? Rich? Like his mm. name? Mm. But like, oh, that's rich. He was wealthy. He was wealthy. No, like it's, oh, that's rich. Like, oh, that's a load of crap. Chocolate. Art. His last name, Rich. He's Joseph Rich. I'm not getting it. Monsterio's uh, mocking him. Friggin' idiot who wasted the age of 27. Rich affair. It's oh. like a double entendre. Rich affair. Like Joseph Rich, but oh, that's rich. Monsterio. <laughs> do you think that when? Uh, do you think that when the monsters listen uh, to music and it's uh, like dual channel, it's in Monsterio? Thank you. No, but I know that when uh, Herman Munster started his garden, he used uh, Monsanto seeds. <laughs> the Bear Lake Monster <laughs> caused a significant amount of newspaper drama, as we mentioned, as Rich would post about it in the Desert Evening News, the, you know, the Salt Lake Herald and the Salt Lake Tribune would take their turns taking pot shots these so-called monsters and Mormonism in general. I mean, there's some links in the show notes, bunk funkers that you could check out where um, you could see just these newspapers were going back and forth, back and forth. Here's an example in response to the desert's post about, you know, when president uh, Taylor, ha- his party, his traveling party had that sighting of the monster, the salt Lake tribune reported, perhaps it's the endowment house devil out on Jamboree, the ghost of Joe Smith or a wailing Mormon lie. Whew. That's a sick burn. Get them some aloe. That's a sick burn, okay? <laughs> Man. Get the Church of Latter-day Saints some aloe. However, in 1888, Joseph Rich recanted the stories, saying he made the monster up. Now, the only version of Rich's statement in his writing came in 1894 when he was trying to promote the launching of a steamboat on the lake by writing a press release for the newspapers in southern Idaho and northern Utah. Uh, in it, he stated, I discovered and made famous by publication in the Desert News that wonderful first-class lie, the Bear Lake Monster. Whatever Joseph C. Rich's reason for creating this monster, we can never really know. But what we do know is that the, you know, he made a story that stuck in the hearts and minds of Bear Lakers and lived on in Western folklore for well over 100 years. I mean, that's yet another accomplishment to add to this guy's resume. God damn, this guy has too much going on for him. (sighs) But what about the modern day? How has the Bear Lake monster survived for so long after its creators stated it was a hoax? Well... Like we said, the monster just became a bit of a local legend. There were a few supposed sightings in the 20s and 30s, 1920s and 30s. But in 2002, Bear Lake business owner Brian Hershey was anchoring his large pontoon boat, uh, which 
full disclosure, is shaped like a sea serpent monster and is used to ferry tourists around the lake in the peak seasons. Uh, after throwing the anchor, uh, Brian Hershey saw, quote, these two humps in the water, end quote, about 100 yards from the boat. At first, he thought they were lost water skis, but they disappeared. Then his boat lifted up, and that's that's not an, a double entendre. <laughs> According to Hershey, quote, the next thing I know, a serpent-like creature shot up out of the water, end quote. He said it had, quote, really dark, slimy green skin and deep beet red eyes, end quote. It went back under the water and made it sound like a roaring bull before taking off. Hershey said he debated whether to tell anyone about his experience, fearing they would think he was crazy. But a year later, he decided to break his silence. To the skeptics who say his encounter is nothing more than a publicity stunt, he replies, quote, Once you've seen the monster, you really don't care what other people say. End quote. Well, whether physically real or not, the Bear Lake monster is very real in spirit to the area of Bear Lake, which boasts significant tourist attractions dedicated to the monster. I mean, this thing is everywhere. It's on T-shirts. It's on pontoon boats. It's on different signs. It's 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 all over the place. It's kind of like the Flatwoods monster. Uh, the area of Bear Lake has really embraced this as a piece of local legend. But what do you think, bunk funkers? Is the Bear Lake monster actually real? What's going down deep, deep in the depths of Bear Lake? Perhaps the monster... Monster has a strong appetite for a Bear Lake local favorite, raspberry shakes. But do you have a taste for the whole enchilada? Baby shark. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, Bunkfunkers, this is Art. I'm here with Andy. We just wanted to let you know we recently launched a Patreon page. So if you feel like supporting the show, you can find it at patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker pod. Becoming a supporter will get you one extra podcast a month of our brand spanking new podcast, Andy and Art Debunked, available only on Patreon. Not only that, you'll get a lot more fun perks at each tier. So visit us at patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. That's patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of the Bear Lake Monster. The Bear Lake Monster. This Bear Lake Monster, you know what? He keeps swimming around. I'm trying out there on my pontoon boat, just trying to enjoy a nice raspberry shake. God, when I saw those fucking raspberry, some of those raspberry shakes look fucking delicious. I got to tell you, Utah. 
Bear Lake is known for its raspberries. Raspberries. You know, the only thing I know about Utah that I've ever heard about culinarily is is fry sauce. Now, what's fry sauce? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's ketchup and mayo. Mayo oh. chup. Okay. Yeah, I might- I'm not as impressed. I like the raspberry shakes a little bit better. I do think dipping fries in mayonnaise is a good choice, though. Hmm. Dipping anything yeah. in mayonnaise is a good choice, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, you've dipped lots of things in mayonnaise that you shouldn't, like your car. <laughs> it didn't taste great, but... You took it into the shop, you said, hey... Give it a fresh coat of mayonnaise for me, will you? Uh, it makes it glossy, and I lick it. <laughs> uh, you talking to me, Utah? Uh, Andy. Uh, Art, yeah, you, what's up? You know, here's the thing. Obviously, Bunk Funkers, you know, this story was recanted by the dude who started it. A lot of the sightings and stories are a little fantastical. That's okay. It's fun. It's a fun local legend. Yeah. You kind of got to hand it, though, to Joseph C. Rich. You do. He put this story on the fucking map. You know. All right, look. Let's. You're going to shit on it, aren't no, you? No, no. Look, we've, we've gone on record on this program. Allegedly. Multiple times, allegedly, to say that we like cryptids. We like them. This we like them hot. We like them horny. We like them raw. <laughs> Look, every cryptid that's been on the show, we want to have sex with. Um. So we like cryptids. This is just another example of a fun little local legend of mm-hmm. dubious origin. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, it's neat. I got no problems with the Bear Lake monster. We like cryptids. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I had to get that out. Uh, I agree with you, Andy. I mean, this guy, this this guy right here, this Joseph Rich guy, yeah. he literally made one of the first, not one of the first, but one of the first shit posts ever, <laughs> and it survived for over 100 years. Yeah. I mean, he's literally fucking doing like a, you know, this is a copy pasta, and we're still reading about it a hundred years later, over a hundred years, almost two hundred. Yeah, um, that's fucking wild. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like that's like it's so fun. Just like, can you imagine just being like, it's just like in the eighteen seventies, all you had to do was say like, yeah, well, this dude said that it was true, and he's pretty reputable, so. Therefore, it's true. And people are like, oh, fuck, got me there, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, like the time of the origin of this, too, I think that it makes it kind of, um, uh, I guess, I don't know if I want to say like susceptible to staying popular or like, because, you know, this area was being settled at the time uh, by... Yeah. Another famous cryptid, Mormons. Yeah, but uh, actually, they've been proven to exist. But yeah, still <laughs> uh, unknown in a lot of ways. Uh, not well studied. They 
you know, this was being settled. Probably, like, Bear Lake is a pretty sizable lake. It's not a little lake. Oh, it's a big lake. So, uh, I mean, I could see people saying, like, oh, wow, like, maybe there is something out there. Uh, and honestly believing some of these stories, because some of the stories are pretty benign, right? It's like, oh, I saw a yeah. weird thing. They kind of look like a sea serpent. I mean, right. you know, going to the could be any Aquila, number of things. There's Nebuchadnezzar. The, yeah. Uh, story like that's on the that's on the other end of the spectrum. That's the malignant yeah, there's, end of the um, spectrum. There's a story that didn't make the cut for the script um, about these because uh, you know, like the area was just being surveyed, so well being settled. So there was a lot of surveyors, and even fucking what's his name, Joe Rich, mm-hmm. was also like a surveyor, right, as well during the time, and so. Like where the cutoff of Idaho is versus Utah, like they that they were surveying that shit. Like where's the cutoff right. for those states, and just you know general surveying of the area. And a bunch of surveyors took a trip out to Bear Lake, and they had a big encounter where they thought they saw the Bear Lake monster. And they're like they had all these mules with them carrying these pack mules, you know, carrying their equipment and. One of the mules got loose and it was like, it was so foggy that day that the fog covered the entire lake and it was super spooky. Yeah. And so they're walking through the fog trying to, you know, find their lost mules and they see something out on the lake and they thought it was maybe the Bear Lake monster, but then it turns out it was just like a beaver. (laughs) And they're like, oh. So, Uh, kind of anticlimactic. But there's also this um, breed of duck that I think is native to the area. Uh, unfortunately, I forget the name of the duck, but it has completely black feathers and blood red eyes. And it's like a duck. It's a, you know, it's yeah, quack, quack. I mean, it's, it's not a very like particularly like, it's not a good flying duck or even like swimming duck, but it's like a really good diving duck. Like this duck can dive really deep and stay under for a little while and like you know because a lot of the fish in that area are also bottom feeders yeah um so this super creepy fucking duck with blood red eyes i mean if you saw that even now you'd be freaked out by it i mean let alone the 1870s is it a muscovy duck it, it might be that it might be that a muscovy duck must be a muscovy Muscovy, a musk or a red beak duck. I'm just looking at pictures of ducks. Some of these ducks are kind of scary. God, Andy's duck posting. Yeah, I mean, it's they're especially scary when they don't wear pants, too. I mean, it's like fucking Daffy and Donald to walk around, no fucking pants, just hanging trow. Just, yeah. I mean, so Scrooge, many Huey, Dewey, ducks. Louie. I mean, they're all, I mean. Don't cover their junk. Jesus fucking Christ. Disgusting. I mean, Scrooge McDuck, he's diving into that big pile of gold coins. He's rubbing his fucking junk. I mean, yeah. that's why people say money is the, you know, the grossest thing you can handle. You should wash your hands. His, uh, his, uh, corkscrew duck dick was all over all that money. <laughs> yeah, he's rubbing his little duck balls everywhere. Yeah. Fucking gross, dude. Yeah. Gross ass show. Yeah. Actually, I think when he dives into that big pile of money, he's wearing like an old timey swimsuit. Mm, oh, yeah. Which is one of the few times he's actually covering up his his junk. Yeah, but think about all the trains he's ridden on and all the cars he's been in. 
all that stuff. Has you're gonna say like all the it. fucking trains that he's run. Like he's like plowing multiple <laughs> female ducks. Well, just running train on multiple ducks. Yeah. Uh, with all that money, I mean, of course, of course. You know. I mean, he can pay for anything he wants, <laughs> including a private island. You know what I'm saying? That's the real fucking conspiracy of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Was Scrooge McDuck the Duck Epstein? The American coot. American coots, I think, are uh, native to that area. Maybe that's what they saw. Yeah, they saw a big old coot. Why do these? Uh, why do these cryptids always turn out to be birds? What's the deal <laughs> with that? It's like you got because Flatwoods. You're monster, asking the wrong Mothman, guy, man. Now the Bear Lake monster. It's all just birds. Fucking birds are creepy. They're scary. <laughs> I've I've had many a famous bird rant. Yeah, yeah. I won't rehash it, okay. but I'm not a fan. I've been attacked by birds on multiple occasions in my life. Uh, birds have shown me nothing but malice. They're malice mallards, and um, you know, we just want nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Okay. Birds have attacked me. They attacked first. <laughs> So, the birds started it. They did. I mean, there is, there's just something about them. I don't know. They're, some of them are too smart for their own good. Some of them, they're just, they're kind of funny too, the way they walk around. They like fucking hop around. They're like kitties of the sky. They're like kitty cats that can fly, which is terrifying. So you don't like birds. You don't like cats either. No, I like cats. Mm. So you don't like Owning birds. Owning a cat is a different, fly. owning a cat is a different story. <laughs> You don't want to own Especially a, a, uh, a mean cat, like, or not mean, but like a fucking pesky cat, like our cat is. Mm, pesky, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, Toby, you hearing this? Yeah, well, he listens to the show. Yeah. He's I make he better. <laughs> he knows what's good for him. He gets, he's been brought up quite a few times on the show, so he knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got to listen just to uh, make sure we're not slandering him. What I mean, what about you? You a bird guy? You ever had a bird? No, I would never own a bird. Yeah, it's not a fucking. Not it's not a. You, get, you really gotta like love birds to own a bird because they need lots of attention. Yeah, and they're they kind of stink and they're loud. I mean, I already fulfill all those things in my house. I don't need <laughs> a bird. Yeah, you're already like a pack animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inviting you in is the same thing as inviting in like a, you know, some type of barnyard animal yeah basically um i'm covered in straw i don't know how to use a toilet and well that straw comes in handy when you play a scarecrow yeah because i know that you've been moonlighting as a scarecrow to kind of pay some get a little extra cash going you know a little extra cash flow yeah anywhere there's a community theater production of the wizard of oz i (laughs) immediately audition for the scarecrow and i get it because i already have my own costume that's right but a few of them have turned you away because you show up on like opening night and they're like, we have, we have the whole thing casted. I don't, what do you, I mean. Yeah, but usually I just hang out backstage, hidden, <laughs> concealed, and then I just show up when the scarecrow comes on. I don't know any of the lines. I just sort of improvise. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's probably for the best. Yeah, that's my style. Um, well, it's your style, and it also, you know, it keeps it fresh because, I mean, that movie is so old and so boring. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, so friggin' boring. I mean, the, the Ruby shit, it's like, ugh, put me to sleep. I wish I only had a brain. I wish I only had a fucking 
shotgun. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. I always look backstage for what props are available. So oftentimes I bring <laughs> fake guns into it and I threaten to shoot Dorothy. <laughs> I'll rob the wicked witch. Uh <laughs> You fucking skeet shoot those flying monkeys. Yeah. You'll like yell, pull, and then they go flying across and you fucking shoot them down. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just, for fun, you know, get, like, I make the choice for the scarecrow to become addicted to heroin after the poppy fields. Yeah. Like, he has a crippling heroin addiction at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, high school audiences are usually pretty receptive to that kind of stuff. That real They're super gritty, into it. Um, you know, so. Well, you know, I mean, everyone in high school is watching Requiem for a Dream. I mean, yeah. so they want to see heroin and other drug addiction in all media. Yeah. And their parents really appreciate it, especially when, you know, <laughs> I do like like erotic dance and stuff as the scarecrow. Yeah. Um, I'm a pretty good scarecrow. And here's the thing. You know, uh, theater buffs like us, we'll let you in on a little secret here, people a little behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, I mean... (laughs) Don't look at the men behind the curtain. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, Wizard of Oz, am I right? (laughs) Um, Every reaction from the audience is a good reaction. So when Andy is getting tons of groans, people are throwing things, people are threatening to call the police, uh, you know, the lights are being pulled on him... Those are reactions. That's good. You're getting something. You're making that audience feel. Right. Dis- you're making them feel disgusted and scared and horrified and, you know, but that's a reaction. It, that's a win. It makes them think. And that's really what you want to do as a performer. When I get They're going to go home. They're going to talk about it. When I get dragged off the stage and they throw me into the back of a police car and the whole time I'm shouting threats at anybody that I see like that in full scarecrow makeup and full scarecrow costume. Yeah. And I work it into the show most of the time, you know, it's like, Oh, 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 oh Dorothy, just because I fucked your dog, you're going to have me arrested. Oh, hey, two munchkins. <laughs> and people really appreciate that kind of, artistic take on a real life situation it blurs the I wish lines. I only had a warrant yeah it, it 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 breaks the fourth wall in a way that brings a greater understanding of the work to the audience the audience walks away the audience changed by what they've seen the audience will never look at a stage the same no not at all Anytime they go into a theater, they expect art. But sometimes they get me. But I'm not going to be there. Right. And that's part of the mystique of the theater. I'm up on the catwalk. Yeah. I'm up on the catwalk and I'm usually, uh, on the you know, catwalk. I'm always trying to do like on the Cats, catwalk. the musical. On, uh, on yeah, the catwalk. I'm always waiting. Yeah, on the catwalk. I'm doing my model poses. I'm on the catwalk. I'm up there. The lights are falling down. It's very dangerous. <laughs> Things are shaking, being shook down from the ceiling. It's right. not good. Curtains come undone and fall to the floor. Um, it's a big disruption. Yeah. But people don't think about that stuff. I'm sorry that my art, art, I'm art, and my art is to fucking cause disruption. Okay? 
That's my art. It's my expression. Yes. We express what we feel inside. And I feel anyway. like a heroin addicted drug man. <laughs> straw man inside. It's also your favorite argument. Yeah. Yeah, every every time I get in a d- debate with somebody, I bring in a heroin addicted straw man. <laughs> man, I could go for a LeBeau's raspberry shake right now. Don't they look fucking delicious? Doesn't it sound delicious? LeBeau's drive-in. Or maybe one from the quick and tasty. Oh, which one's the best? Utah listeners, let us know. Where's the best place to get a raspberry shake? Eba, if you in Bear Lake. got any insight on this, clue us in. I fucking love local. God damn. We both, see, we both like this. This is one thing we both agree on. We don't agree on much. <laughs> we always are button heads. Yeah. Yeah, we both have buttons all but over we... our heads. But we're like two fucking Rams, two Dodge Rams, and we're just crashing into each other for a commercial narrated by um, Sam Elliott. <laughs> Is that not where These two boys are going to crash their Rams right into each other. That's the power of a eight Hemi engine. <laughs> Is that These not who you were going to say? <laughs> I was going to say uh, fucking... Uh, Oh, fuck. What's his name? Cranston. Brian Cranston. The, I think he does Ford, though, or Jeep or something. I don't know. Yeah. I Chevy. Think, I think I think that he's one of the other brands. Uh, Sam Elliott's the Ram guy. The Dodge. Oh, he is? Yeah. Yeah. Dodge These Ram. two failed improv <laughs> amateur comedians, when they ram right into each other, you know, like, that's the power of a ram truck. Just, Even a ram truck has the towing power to tow all their inner demons and failures behind them. Despite doing comedy for the better part of a decade, they get more amateur as they age. <laughs> Unlike a ram truck, which only gets better with age. <laughs> Don't buy a new ram. Buy the oldest Dodge Ram truck you can find. <laughs> The tires on a Ram truck can go up any terrain, including the disgusting crevices and crags on these two podcast host faces. They are ugly, ugly men. (laughs) So says me, Sam Elliott. I'm ad-libbing on the copy here. (laughs) Dodge Ram could even could even traverse this mountain of garbage, which is basically all the creative content these two have created over their whole lives. And it all belongs in a landfill somewhere not fit for human consumption. Dodge Ram will scale it, shit on it, and set it on fire. Fuck Andy and Art. I'm Sam Elliott, and I approve this message. By the way, God damn! Why does Sam Elliott hate us God, so much? What is he running for president of commercials? Fucking shit! God, Jeez. let's get Sam Elliott on the show and let's ex- you know have him explain why he fucking hates yes. us so much. Sam Elliott, you owe us an ex- explanation. Your dumb, stupid, you. sexy fucking cowboy voice, ass, and your big mustache. Your big ass, a <laughs> big juicy ass, and a big juicy mustache. <laughs> Sam Elliott. 
God, you know he's fucking hung like a goddamn Ram truck, too. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking he's Sam got the Elliot. dong Ram F-150. <laughs> Super cab. It's a Hemi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say, Andy, is that we both love local, like, uh, food lore and food delicacies, much like our love of local cryptids. Yeah. Agreed. We famously, we've mentioned this on the show before, when we took a trip to Detroit, Detroit, Rock City, to do um, Detroit Prank the City. Detroit Improv Festival, a wonderful improv festival that you should all check out if you're in the D- Detroit area yeah. or if you want to take a trip. For sure. Um, we tried the local Coney Dogs, right? Mm-hmm. When we took a trip to New York City, baby, the City of Lights, the City of Angels, the City of Love. Uh, <laughs> we for the uh, New York Improv. What is it? What did we do there? Some fucking improv festival. Uh, the we bombed. We bombed there. Yeah, the um, we had a bad set. Uh, what was it called? It was at the People's Improv Theater there in New it was York. At the pit. Um, I don't remember. I think it was just the New York Improv Festival. Yeah, I think that's. I think that that's right. I mean, we tried everything. We tried pizza. We tried. We mostly just tried delis. Uh, we went to Carnegie Deli, now closed. Uh, we went to Ferrara's Bakery. Uh, I had yeah, a lobster yep, yep, tail. Yep. Great choice, by the way. Um, um, and I'm sure if we ever went to Utah in Bear Lake, we would have all the raspberry shakes that we could try. I love raspberry shakes. I'm a big raspberry guy. Raspberries are great. Oh, raspberries are wonderful. I had a raspberry cake recently. Great. Oh, wow. Great cake. I'm going to let you bunkfuckers in a little secret. Okay. I don't share this secret very often, but I'm going to share it with you guys. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you where the greatest ice cream in the entire country is located. The big secret. Andy, I don't know if you know this. Do you know this? Um, I don't, I don't know what you're going to say. Okay. Big reveal. The greatest soft serve ice cream in the entire country is located at Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay. Comes straight out of Abraham Lincoln's mouth. You got to wait 9 p.m. They fucking turn it on. It's actually a water fountain shoots fucking soft serve out of his mouth. Okay. You have said this before. No, I'm being serious. The great I truly think that the tastiest ice cream I've ever had, I uh, maybe I'll clarify it and say it's just soft serve, but I prefer soft serve to hard serve. Um, and I preserve, you know, I you know, I I prefer it. <laughs> I think the greatest ice cream I've ever had is in the uh the like whatever the fucking gift shop or the food court at the Mount at Mount Rushmore. And it's a uh, it's it's called Rushmore Raspberry Swirl. It's raspberry ice cream and vanilla ice cream, and it's a swirl, and it's fucking God, it's fucking incredible. I've had it twice because I've been there twice, yeah. and God, it's so fucking good. It's incredible. I don't know. I'm sure it's just like fucking nothing, but God, it's good. It's so good. Can't get enough. God. Yeah, you uh, you do. I mean, Bunkfunkers, I will vouch for Art on this. He raved 
has raved, continues to rave, clearly, about the soft serve ice cream. Well, I'm always raving. I'm wearing my big hat. I've got that pacifier in my mouth. I'm always dancing with my big jeans. Glow sticks. (laughs) He's constantly raving. Constantly. Yeah. But yes, continue, Annie. I'm sorry. Um. No, I, I, that's, that's it. I just want to, I want to support you on this and verify for the bunk bunkers that finally, indeed, you, you have before to me intimated that you do believe that some. Oh, of the I've best, intimated it intimately. The best ice cream you've ever had. Has any bunk funkers have any of you else ever tried this 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 ice cream? It's called like Ras Rushmore Raspberry Ripple or some bullshit. It says some bullshit name with Rushmore in the title, but it's raspberry ice cream. Have any of you ever had this ice cream? Am I crazy? I think it's fucking amazing. It's so good. I want to know. Let us know, Mister Bunker at gmail.com or Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um. Andy, what's your favorite part of this story? You got a favorite sighting? Um, a lot of shit posters, man. A lot of shit posters. I gotta, what yeah. is up with the 1800s? And like everybody in the 1800s was like such a good writer. Like that Nebaker thing was so well written and like said, but he's like, he's being a little shitter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's great. What's that's, up with that? That's my favorite for sure. I mean, because it's just so over the top, right? Yeah. There's, I think there's even more. There might be more to it. There is. Uh, the the part that also kind of got cut from the script, we'll let you know a little bit on the cutting room floor here, is that um, when he was first asked, he was he was asked to comment on the, like we said, in the, in the Mooney and Horn case. And he, for some reason in his reply, he kept calling them... Um, Looney and corn. <laughs> See, he's a shit poster. He's a fucking shitter. He's like, oh yeah, I'll give you, I'll tell you about this fucking monster. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I appreciate that people were like, it's fun. Because, you know, some folks could have had like a bad, bad reaction. You know what I mean? And be like, oh no, this is... This is unbecoming yeah. of our Bear Bear Lake area. But these people were like, ah, come on. And I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I think Bear Lake is great. I mean, I think it's great that they've embraced it. It's like such a little part of the legend and the lore there. Most people don't believe it. Yeah. You know, some people do. And it's like the stories are always the same that they, I mean, it's just like, I'll tell you this, you know, we've, we've, we have a bit of a, speaking of Mount Rushmore, we have a bit of a cryptid, Mount Cryptidmore. Do I think the Bear Lake monster gets a spot up there? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that we had to, I'm unsure. We have to talk about this, right? Um, and I think that, look, I looked up pictures of the Bear Lake monster. Of what? Oh, okay. I, you know, it's not that original. It's, it's just a sea serpent. It just, and you know, sometimes it's got legs. Sometimes it's got like a dog kind of face, like a walrus with no tusks. Like, I mean, give it the tusks. Why not? 
Definitely yeah. the best picture that I saw of the Bear Lake monster is where there's a lady bent over and somebody oh. has a, is holding a toy dinosaur and the dinosaur is about to, it's a Styracosaurus and it's about to, you know, head butter in the butt. That's the kind um, of shit I'm into. Andy, let me ask you a personal question. Were you <laughs> yeah. were you looking up Rule Thirty Four of the uh, sitcom Dinosaurs again? <laughs> any any topic on this program, I always Google it Rule Thirty Four, so that I can see the pornography associated with. I'm topics. sure there is bare leg. If it exists, that's the rule. If it exists, there's porn of it. Yeah. So. God knows there is bear like monster porn. Um, and it is you know, fantastic. Compare this to when we did Red Ghost of Arizona with our good friend Jimmy Gribben, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's an un that's a like a demon camel with a fucking like undead ghostly rider guy riding on the back. I mean, that like, whoa, that's fucking metal. That's dope. I mean, a sea serpent's pretty metal. The Mooney and Horn story is pretty fucking cool. I mean, I'll give you that. But, yeah. l- like, look at the Flatwoods monster. I mean, come on. Flatwoods monster just fucking... Flatwoods monster, you know, uh, drains the whole Bear Lake. I'm sorry. It does. Yeah, I have to I have to agree. I can't, uh, I can't disagree with that even a little bit. I mean, you know, and you got to compare this. Like, okay, Red Ghost of Arizona turns out to be great because even the real story is almost as cool as the cryptid story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like Mount cryptid more, I mean, Flatwoods monsters up there. I think the red ghost of Arizona, get that camel up there. Cause that is one hell of a camel. Um, you know, what about like Mothman? Uh, wh- Mothman. What yeah. about, what about the skunk ape? Skunk ape. I mean, I think for I don't, me, I don't know that this one, like, rises you know i'm not saying that i don't like the bear lake monster it's not that we're not shitting on it no no i like it i just don't think that it's it's not the best cryptid it's not very original you know they could have gone you know it's all made up it could have gone even wilder It's like you can like Jimmer Fredette. Yeah. But like, is he an NBA caliber fucking player? <clears throat> no, apparently not. Well, that's fair. Um You know, and I brought him specifically because BYU. Yeah. You did that's a good tie in. And the Bulls. You can like Jimmer Fredette a lot, but you know Does he play for the Bulls? Oh, yeah, he I think he had a stint. I think the bull the Bulls might have brought him on their uh, G League team or D League, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, am I? That was like the he got because he did a stint. I forget where he got drafted, but then he didn't. I think the Kings, and he didn't. It, he didn't pan out. Like it was like two or three years, and he was out. See, now he plays for the Shanghai Sharks in China. Yeah, he was in China. Uh, he was. I think the Bulls brought him on their overall in 2011. Uh. Let's see. Drafted by the Bucks. Oh wow! Um, so he was with. He do a stint in the Kings. Yeah, the Kings, then the Bulls, briefly the Pelicans, 
the Westchester Knicks, the New York Knicks, the Shanghai Sharks, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Ikos and then back to Shanghai. Hmm. He did win a Greek League championship. Oh, Spanakopita. Mm-hmm. Um, with Panathinaikos. 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 Um, Gunsenzite. Um, Oh, Greek food's great. Uh, <sighs> after the show, remind me. I got to tell you about a Greek place. I ate. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a true story. Anyway, we're going to start using this show to make notes to each other. Yeah, right. This is basically just uh, just a notepad for us, a diary. <laughs> yeah, the diary of Jane. Uh, Breaking Benjamin. Um, so you know, here's the thing. I'm. I, this isn't making my mount cryptid more. It just isn't up there yet. I'm sorry, Bear Lake Monster. You're just not making it. The story turns I mean, I like the prospectory names. I like, you know, the Mooney and Horn story. I like the Nebuchadnezzar story. I think that's funny. But the bulk of the stories are just like so-and-so saw it, and then the newspapers argued about it for like months. Yeah. And then a years go by, and then someone else sees it. And it's like wash, rinse, and repeat, you know? Yeah, Totally. It's just like Flatwoods Monster is so like boom, boom, boom. So much like, there's so much like uh, iconography, like with the design of the monster. Yeah. Mothman, even, I don't even like Mothman that much. And I think, you know, Mothman still has an interesting design and way better stories. Um, skunk, Skunk Ape uh, is funny and might actually, there, there, you know, there could be some truth to it um, with all the, apes in the area and the bear in the in the black bears yeah um red ghost of arizona i feel like we forget to bring that one up but that's a fucking great one that's a true oh one. that was great yeah for sure real history meets like weird cryptid ghost story it's a terrific intersection people are sleeping on that episode i mean that one should have been uh it should be top you know? top 15 at yeah, least it's all right. Well, I don't know, Andy. Do you have any other points you want to make about this uh, Bear Lake monster story? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, you pretty uh, you pretty succinctly covered it there. Yeah. Um, and I agree with all that. All right. Well, Andy, there's nothing left for us to do but then to get to friggin' verdicts. Yeah, we gotta. We got to make a verdict on this goddamn Bear Lake monster. Um, so, what am I gonna say, right? Like honestly, uh, about the I Bear have Lake no monster. idea. I mean, I'm gonna take you by surprise here. I think, um, and I'm gonna I wish you'd take me to Bear Lake so I could get a raspberry <laughs> shake. Jeez, Louise, telling me, let's get to the quick and tasty post haste. <laughs> um. I do declare I do love the raspberry shakes over at the quick and test, y'all. Doing your famous Utah accent. Well, I do. I found raspberry in them there hills. There's raspberries in my in my pajamas. There's a raspberry in my boot. 
Oh, it's squishy. Oh, I kind of like it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wee, ooh, I'm sliding all over the place. I can't stop. Help me, kids. <laughs> I'm, Help me, children. I missed the gold rush by 20 years. <laughs> I'm a 69er. <laughs> Is this thing on? Hello, hello. <laughs> oh, I came too I'm late. Type you get five. it? <laughs> I'm a 69er. So what's the deal with airplanes? Seriously, I don't understand Seriously, the Seriously, I don't get them yet. It's frightening to me. Help. <laughs> this is old prospector does a tight five on an open mic. Oh boy, let me, let me tell you, being a prospector is, is, is dangerous. Why, the <laughs> other day I was in my shack... And I I had just come back from the mines, and I set my equipment down, and wouldn't you know it, my pickaxe knocked a hole in my wall. But what am I supposed to do with this gaping axe hole? <laughs> Good God almighty. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Wow, that setup to that joke was longer than my lifespan. <laughs> my my average lifespan. Oh boy, I've got iron lung. Well, how else would my mule get knock kneed? <laughs> well, anyway, if you didn't understand my jokes, mule it over, and maybe you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh good god all right so a verdict oh yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna go on the in the case of the bear lake monster i am going case closed wow i don't think that's probably i didn't see it coming <laughs> yeah i don't think that's probably a surprise but look Joe Rich made it up. It's fine, yeah, though. Other people added on. Now it's a, a part of the lore. People are continuing mm-hmm. it. I think it's great. Go and have fun with it. It's a cool It's a cool little cryptid. It's not the best cryptid. I mean, you know, people of Bear Lake, maybe consider making it look cooler now. Uh, you know, make it your own. Why not? Uh, be creative. <laughs> Put a big raspberry on its head. Give it a big raspberry. Make it... Make it a, a testament to the local <laughs> Bear Lake region. Hey, uh, one thing I should have mentioned. Did you know that there's a Bear Lake near the same area where Skinwalker Ranch is? Just saying. Not this same oh, Bear Lake. shit. Just saying. Uh, so, you know what? It's it's fun. The Bear Lake Monster. Don't change a thing, but it's not real. Case closed. Lift up the bear leg monster shirt, put your lips on its tummy, and blow a little raspberry. <laughs> Give it a raspberry. I and think then shake it up. Shake it up. Um, well, Andy, great verdict, and uh, might come as no surprise, but I will echo that verdict. Wow. Uh, case closed from me. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, it's just... Uh, it literally, I mean, it literally was all made up. He said it. He stated it twice. So, you know, and 
he so he was the one posting these things in the newspaper so it was like he would like post them from different people which were all him and they were all like they were very it's very obvious once you start reading like the monsterio has a ton of clues that it's him uh he used to post under the name saxy and that was that was him that was like a nickname that he had um so you know he did he made it all up but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have meaning no. i mean it's lasted almost 200 years flat lake monster flat lake monster jesus oh, wow. flatwoods monster uh our baby hasn't been around for 200 years a baby in comparison yeah, Mothman hasn't been around for 200 years. No, these are these are cryptids in their youth. The Bear Lake monster yeah. is, is is legendary at this point. I mean, it's a again, you know, show some respect. Yeah, respect the Bear Lake monster, but also make it cooler. <laughs> yeah, give it some fucking raspberries. Maybe it's like. Maybe its feet are made of raspberries. <laughs> and it's... Like, that would be cool. And its ass is made of raspberries. <laughs> yeah. And its, its dick or pussy is made of raspberries. <laughs> Maybe it has both. One of the two. You pick. Maybe it has both. Yeah, and they're both. made of raspberries. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it's it's like supple little mouth is made of raspberries. And maybe it's forked tongue flicking in and out. <laughs> It's made of raspberries. Maybe it has like a cool gun. Like a laser gun that he carries on his back. And, you know, it's made of raspberries. And it shoots tiny raspberries. Maybe this thing shits milkshakes. <laughs> and it comes fry sauce. And it's a member of a of a Church of Latter-day Saints in another galaxy. <laughs> and at the bottom of the lake, there's an interdimensional portal <laughs> that goes back to its home world. <laughs> and all that shit's made of raspberries. <laughs> the whole lake, it's all made of raspberries, man. <laughs> We're really onto something here. You know, speaking of uh, the the portal, some people were kind of jokingly saying that um, the Loch Ness monster. Or there's a local children's book artist, oh yeah, or children's book writer, um, yeah, that's detailed in the, one of the videos that's linked in the show notes. But I think he wrote a children's book about how the Loch Ness monster in Scotland and the Bear Lake are like mirrors of each other, like they're on the same. They're on opposite sides of the earth, but they're connected through the lake. And so Loch Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster in Bear Lake. Which, by the way, one of the jokes they make in that movie is that Bear Lake Monster doesn't have a fucking name. And they're jokingly, they're, they're going to call him Razzy or Ras, Raspberry or something. Oh, they had a they had a contest to pick the name and its name is Isabella. Oh, right. That was like three years ago or something. Took a long time to get a name other than Bear Lake Monster. I'm going to call it Bear Lake Monster. Yeah. Isabella's kind of, I mean, again, pretty tame. I mean, I know they let children do it. That's why you don't let children do things. Right. I mean, get some adults to come up with a name. <laughs> I mean, children should be, like, relegated to only a few tasks. Driving car, handling fryer grease, um, you know, things like that. 
I'd name it Rock Thickington. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I would name it R.A. Spberry. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. R.A. Spberry. 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 Where are you declare, Miss R.A. Spberry? Um, you are looking mighty fine this evening, might I say, I do declare. I would like to make you one of my mm, 20 or so wives. It's me, Brigham Young. <laughs> Brigham to me. Brigham Young, Brigham Old, I don't care. More like bring him more chicken tenders. I mean, geez louise, buddy. Yeah, this guy loves chicken. Oh, making fun of Brigham Young. That's a classic. Classic bit for this podcast. A lot of Brigham Young jokes here. <laughs> uh, Bunkfuckers, let us know. What do you think about the Bear Lake Monster? Um, what do you have to say? Use the hashtag. Let us know your verdicts. <laughs> Use the I mean, hashtag. Let us know your verdicts. <laughs> uh, hashtag. Uh, Monster Mash or Rasp Bear Lake Monster. Raspberry Lake Monster. All right. Um, I'll pick one. Uh, let's do... Maybe I'll combine the two because I don't want to... Hashtag Rasp... I'm, I'm gonna... Hashtag Raspberry Lake Monster. Okay. Raspberry Lake Monster. Use the hashtag Raspberry Lake Monster... And, uh, fucking, <laughs> sorry. Use the hashtag Raspberry Lake Monster and, and, uh, you know, email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Tweet at us or find us on Instagram at mrbunkerpod. Um, we're on YouTube. Uh, you can find us by searching Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast on there. And finally, if you enjoy the show, you want to support the show in some way, you have the means to do so, you know, don't feel obligated. Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod, where you can get our Patreon-only show, a new episode every month. It's called Andy and Art Debunked, and we do lots of fun little topics. Um, we've done um, Ancient Aliens, mm-hmm. we've reviewed it and done a commentary track. You can listen. You can watch the episode and listen to us commentate on that episode with you, as you as you watch. Um, we've done. Let us ruin that episode for you. Yeah, uh, let us ruin more stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Andy, closing remarks here on Bear Lake Monster. Hey, uh, people of Bear Lake uh, area in Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, wherever you may be. Keep it up. You're doing a great job. Well, uh, for the, not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my ubiquitous. Oh, yeah. Co-host, Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. I see the gentleman from Utah, a friendly beehive state. How can we help you, Utah? How can we make you great? 
Well, we've got to irrigate our deserts, and we've got to get some things to grow. And we've got to tell this country about Utah, cause nobody seems to know. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.